Welcome to the last 8% morning. This is JP Palu Fry. It is so great to be with you today. In today's episode, are you finding that you're becoming more negative than you would like to be? Stuck in your mind for longer than you would like. In today's episode, the second in our gratitude series, we talk about best practice around building gratitude and why it's more than standing in a circle, holding hands and singing Kumbaya. No, it is about how a particular practice can affect our brain which has huge implications for our career and our happiness. Excited to be here? I certainly am. Let's walk. Out walking, enjoying this gorgeous day, moving as we are able. See if you can let go of whatever you were thinking or planning and just arrive in this moment. A great way to do that is to Tune into our physical sensations. What do you feel in your body right now? What physical sensations do you feel in your feet as they contact the ground? And just see if you can be present. Letting go of, again, thinking, planning, stories, and just be in this moment. As you know, if you're a longtime listener, physical sensations only occur in the moment, unlike thought, which can be in the future or the past. So just tune in. And a great way to do that is to feel different parts of our body. So start with belly, rising and falling. And now move from belly rising and falling to intersperse it with paying attention to different parts of our body. I'll guide you. So belly rising and falling Feel your buttocks area, your sitting area. Belly rising and falling. Feel your legs. And any particular physical sensations that are present. Belly rising and falling and feel your torso. Just checking in. Belly rising and falling. 
and feel your hands. Belly rising and falling and feel your head and neck. Belly rising and falling and feel your eyes. And just stand tall, look around and feel grateful for these lungs that breathe, this body that moves however it moves, for the opportunity to listen to podcasts and to learn. There is so much to be grateful for that's right in front of our eyes that we miss because it almost comes too easy for us. So feel your breath come right down into your toes, calming this body and breathing out and releasing tension. Breathing in, calming this body and breathing out and smiling inside. Now let's move to our idea of the day. Last episode, we described Sarah to you, and we'd met her in the previous episode, and how she was starting to feel with all the pressure that COVID was bringing, working from home, dealing with losing good people. She was feeling less positive, and she was not happy about it. On top of that, she noticed that she was struggling to make some tough decisions and engage in some difficult conversations, some last 8% conversations, and she was not happy about that either and in the episode the past one we talked about how these two challenges are interlinked in our brain that there are two pathways that are at work the so-called approach pro-social circuitry or pathway and the parallel avoid or defensive circuitry or pathway and we learned that getting into the habit and this is what Sarah got excited about But getting into the habit of gratitude was eye-opening because it had this effect on our brain. It causes a change in the resting state of these two pathways, even when we're not doing the practice. Let me say that again. It's so important. It causes a change in the resting state of both of these pathways, even when we're not doing the practice. And so we get this shift. We get this decrease in the avoidance, defensive circuitry, anxiety and fear, becomes less active and we get an increase in the approach or the pro-social circuitry and when I say pro-social it just means this helps us in our interactions with other people around us and we're more positive so we get this increase in the approach pro-social circuits and what's amazing is that this pathway actually gives us two for one two powerful outcomes more motivation for approaching novel, difficult things like last 8% conversations and decisions, but also more happiness and well-being. It's two for one. And so that was all last episode. Today we want to talk about what's the best practice of gratitude so that it can become as potent as it you know, can for us. 
And there's two practices that I want to suggest. Number one is how we can build it into our day. And there are a number of ways that we can do this. A big one for me and our family is at dinner we give thanks. We've done this with our kids forever. And so hopefully it's become a bit of a habit. And you can do this, of course, in a number of different ways. If you have a particular spiritual tradition, then by all means use that traditions approach. Another way that you can add to it or just do it separately if you don't have a particular tradition is to give thanks at a meal. You know, go around and give thanks. And you can do this in a number of ways. You know, everyone can do this. Everyone can have a chance to do this. You know, go around the table. Sometimes that gets, you know, people are like, okay, you know, we've given thanks and every day people get tired of that, to be honest. So that's not something we do every day, but oftentimes what we do is have one person give thanks for each meal um, where they call out something that everyone can feel grateful for. And that seems an easier way. And then maybe once a week, we have everyone go around once. Again, there's no right way of doing this. I think a big part of this, however, is to reflect on all the people. So one of the things that we do as part of our thanks is to reflect on all the people who contributed to the meal in the many different ways. So the farmers who planted the food, the people who grew the food, harvested the food, transported the food, sold the food, prepared the food, brought the food to the table. And we reflect on how fortunate we are and how connected we are to them for all of their hard work and care. I have to say, I find this particularly powerful as it makes me feel more connected to other people. And it reminds me of the interconnection of life that is sometimes easy to miss. And part of this practice is to get out of our head and notice more of the good stuff that is around us. As you might recall from last episode, our default pathway is the avoidance defensive circuitry. And the reason is because our brain is trying to protect us, so it amplifies the negative. This is why we need this gratitude practice, because it's easy to get stuck in and habituated to more of the negative. And so a big part, I think, is to just notice some of the good stuff that is around us. It's right in front of us. You know, after all, things could change tomorrow. So let's notice it and be grateful for it while it is here. You know, our health could change tomorrow. Our loved one's health could change tomorrow. And to be mindful for what we have and don't let it pass too quickly. I remember during COVID lockdown going to the supermarket and it really hit me. You know, all these people who are working with masks and visors while everything's locked down so that we could have food. And I'm walking around shopping and I'm actually just wishing them so much gratitude. Um, does it need to take COVID though for us to appreciate how other people are contributing to the great lives that we have? As John Kabat-Zinn says, he's a great teacher of mindfulness. The little things, the little moments, they aren't little. So stand tall, look around, feel grateful. 
Another way to build gratitude that's part of this kind of daily practice is our daily three things. This is what we do in the podcast. You can also do this in a gratitude journal. And again, just take the time to think about three things that you can instantly feel grateful for without working very hard. It's important that you try to be as specific as possible. And a big one we know from the research is focusing on people to whom we feel grateful towards. It has particular potency. And again, whatever works for you, play with it. So this is that, that's the daily practice. There is, however, a second practice that I want to introduce you to that is actually more potent way to practice gratitude that most people are not aware of because it is so new. And we'll call this the story-based approach. And this is based on some interesting new research in gratitude. It's different in two fundamental ways. Number one, this practice is not about how you feel and give gratitude to someone. It is about how we receive gratitude. Again, it's not about how we give gratitude. It's how we receive gratitude. So that's different. I'll explain that in a minute. And number two, it's all about using story. The idea here is that you bring into your mind a story of when someone genuinely felt gratitude for you, for something you did. And it's important that it's embedded in a story because of how story affects our brain. It has a more powerful effect on these neural pathways. When we hear information in the form of a story, and we hear and feel the emotions that are part of the story, it shifts our approach circuitry in more powerful ways. So again, we get this decrease in avoidance, defensive circuitry, anxiety and fear go down. We have this increase in approach or pro-social circuitry. And we get those two powerful outcomes, more motivation for approaching new stuff and more happiness and well-being. So how do we do this? How do we put this second approach into place. Well, you want to reflect on a person who you went out of your way to help or to be kind to or to support in some way in the past. So think of that now. And you reflect on the gratitude that they felt for you. So think about that now. And in fact, what would be really powerful is for you to write it out in story form from their perspective, the gratitude they felt towards you. And there's three parts that you can write out in this story. And I'll give you an example. But the three parts are, number one, the challenge they faced. Number two, how you helped them or how you showed up and had an impact on them. And number three, how it made them feel towards you, the emotion they felt towards you. And the power lies in returning to the story over and over again. And again, we know this is the most potent practice of gratitude from research. And it's interesting. Um, William James said, he was a psychologist at the turn of the century, he said, the deepest craving of human nature is the need to be appreciated. In some ways, that's what we're building into this gratitude story, this second story. And so for Sarah, when she reflected on and wrote out her story, it took the form of a family she grew up with on her street. 
And so what I'm going to suggest you do, I'm going to give you an example here. I'm going to suggest you go and write out your gratitude story. And what's amazing is that we know now that once you write it out, you can then just come back to the story for 60 seconds during the day at whatever time. And we know that just by coming back to 60 seconds going through the story again, it has very powerful impacts on our brain that last far longer than the actual doing of the practice. So let me describe to you Sarah's story. She described it as when she was growing up on her street. From about age seven, she and uh, a family on the street had a daughter and they were friends and they played sports on the street and they went to school together and they spent a lot of time together. But her friend had an unfortunate challenge when she was in late high school, early college, where she sustained a kind of hard to diagnose brain injury from an allergy or an exposure to an environmental toxin of some sort. They never really figured out the cause, but it set her friend back significantly. And it meant that she had challenges finishing college or keeping a job. So in our model, this is the challenge that they faced. So again, as you think of yours, think of a challenge that somebody else faced. Her friend had been on long-term, has been on long-term disability for years now and doesn't really leave the house a lot. As you can imagine, this is a big challenge for both her friend and her family. Um, By the way, Sarah um, finds that her friend, despite this challenge, remains probably the most positive person she's ever met in her life. But what Sarah reflected on was the gratitude that her friend's mother felt for her because Sarah's a friend who has stuck by her for the past 30 years. She calls her friend about every other day and talks politics and life and sports and whatever else. And given that her friend doesn't leave the house a lot, this call means so much to her friend. So this is the second part of the story, how you help them or how you showed up that had an impact. So the first part is the challenge they faced. The second is how you helped them or how you showed up that had an impact. The third part is how it made them feel towards you, the emotions they felt towards you. And in this case, Sarah describes how her friend's mom feels so emotional how, in how Sarah has really been there for their daughter through some really pretty tough times. And in spite of how busy Sarah is with her career and with her own family. In reflecting on this story, it is palpable how this story brings Sarah a strong sense of feeling, the receiving of strong gratitude. See, this is the difference. In the second practice, it's about receiving gratitude. So again, to summarize, you want to reflect on a person who went out who you went out of your way to help or be kind to or support in some way in the past. And think of the gratitude that they have for you. So this is you receiving gratitude. And then you write out the story from their perspective. Three parts. The challenge they faced, how you helped them or showed up that had impact, and how they felt towards you because of it.
what's amazing now is by doing this on a regular basis, when we feel this appreciation that someone else has for us, it has this really powerful effect on our brain that lasts far longer than any practice of us doing this. And this changes that resting state. So now we are more able, more willing to approach novel, difficult things. And number two, we have more happiness and well-being because of it. This is all available to each of us. As A.A. Milne wrote in Winnie the Pooh, Piglet noticed that even though he had a very small heart, it could hold a rather large amount of gratitude. Moving now to our eye, to our three by three. So just stand tall, look around, and let's have three breaths right down into the toes, calming this body. Three mindful breaths. Now move to three things that you can instantly feel grateful for without working very hard. See if you can be specific and personal about this. Or, hey, listen, why not, just for now, even though you haven't written out your story, think of someone who you know feels a lot of gratitude towards you. Think of the challenge they faced. Think of how you showed up. And think of the great gratitude that they feel, the great appreciation they feel towards you. Fantastic. Work on that one a little bit. And we'll come back to it in our regular podcast uh, episodes. Finally, what three goals do you want to get done today? Think of the big goals that really matter, that would make it a great day. Maybe some of it has to do with approaching something you've been putting off. Wonderful. Now bring this energy and this focus into the day. If you're getting benefit from this, please share it. If you have a friend who you feel is getting a little, is struggling a little in whichever way, shape or form, send this to them. And certainly subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Join our Facebook group. This is all part of becoming a last eight percenter and we're so glad to have you on this journey with us. I want to finish with a Maya Angelou quote. This is a wonderful day. I've never seen this one before. This is a wonderful day. I've never seen this one before. Have a wonderful day.